History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Hello, Biblical Citizens. Thanks for being with us today. You might have noticed we have piano music for our background theme now. I want to connect with all you music lovers and players out there and reveal that that's actually me playing the piano. So I love playing and singing, especially songs of praise to our Lord, and it continues to be a mainstay and spiritual weapon in my life and in this battle we're in. We know that our enemy Satan hates it when we sing and praise the Lord with our prayers and our songs, and it drives him away. So I encourage you to use that tool, and that, and I encourage you to listen to good music, play good music, sing, pray throughout the day, and sing whenever you can. So on to our show today, we are here with a special guest, founder and chairman Sharon McKeeman of Let Them Breathe. This is a brave mom and leader who's sensed for a long time that there's something seriously wrong with what's going on in our government and our schools. She's answered the call to do something about it. Sharon, tell us about how you started this movement, and and, and it has now grown to over 14,000 <laughs> 14, members, I understand. Good morning today. Hey, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, it's 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 growing so quickly. We're we're even past that. We're over twenty thousand. Oh, uh, wow, yeah, we can't yeah. we can't keep up. Right? I can't, can't believe yeah. it. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably even more than that. Uh, but you know, uh, just between different people, not everybody is all on the same social media. Um, but yeah, I think that's a conservative um, number. And you know, it's I, I founded this in March. Uh, just because our kids were finally back in school, uh, but it was obvious to me that they weren't back to an effective in-person education because of the masking. Um, I was a big part of the school reopening movement, and I couldn't stop (laughs) once our kids were back in school, but I could tell that they were still suffering behind those masks. And uh, it's just grown so quickly because I think there are so many parents that are concerned. um, And, we we have a really diverse group. So there's there's parents that come to us just wondering what are the effects of, of masking on their kids. And, and there's other parents that are, you know, really aware of what it's doing to their kids and, and want to make a difference. Absolutely. You know, Sharon, it's just, as you say, you've, uh, you've uh, well, you didn't really say it, so I'll say it. You have accomplished so much getting our schools to reopen, and we were following that, and you We've had you on your show. Uh, we've had you on our show, I should say. You have your own show, but we had you on our show quite a while back, <laughs> and you were fighting against the teacher unions, and you were using both public pressure and a lawsuit. And now yep. you're engaged in, and we consider this to be a historic effort to allow, as you say, mask choice in our schools. So, first of all, share with us a little bit why it's so important to get the mask off the kids. 
or at least allow mass choice, right? Yeah, why are they why are they unnecessary yeah. and then maybe something about the harmful effects too? Yeah, well, we just we don't uh, have any long-term studies on what masking a child does. And so there's nothing really proving that they are uh efficient or or necessary. Uh obviously, I I I think you guys have probably all heard some of the uh, you know, some of the facts like that, that really they're supposed to be swapped out uh, for a new mask every 20 minutes or so. Right, uh, that's what I was trained as a nurse. Yeah. 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 So, and especially a kiddo, I don't even know if they make it with theirs uh, clean and, and dry for 20 minutes. Uh, so these cloth right. masks that are on kids all day long, um, you know, they're, they're not helping things. They're probably just actually keeping more uh bacteria and dirt on their face and and then the the flip side of it is that we just there are no long-term studies showing that this is safe for our kids and uh you know as a parent i'm seeing the mental health impact the physical health impact and then also um just the impact on our kids social development and their academic progress uh you know, I know what my kids are going through, but I've also talked to many, many parents and and uh, it's just a very wide range of kids struggling with increased anxiety, depression, even uh, things like eating disorders uh, from having these masks on and, and having something covering their face at all times. And then the social development part of it, you know, it's a very important thing to be able to see each other's uh, facial cues and, and, and see, you know, young kids as they're learning to read or or uh, English language learners, it's really important for them to be able to see how their teacher and their classmates are forming the words with their mouth. And yeah. any kid, you know, when we, when we smile at each other, we let each other know that we're friends and the world is going to be okay. Uh, and, and right now we just have kids that they're not getting that reinforcement of a smile. They're being you know, just they're having these signals every single day that is just telling them that they should be worried, that they should keep their distance from other human beings. It's it's sending a signal that they're diseased or something's wrong with them, even when they're healthy and asymptomatic. So, right, and they're, yeah. they just are learning to be germaphobes and to yeah. be, a, be a fearful, fear, fearful, fearful. Yeah, and, you know, I want to I want to mention something too quickly on masks, Sharon, about yeah. masks not working. I found it interesting in your own uh, lawsuit that your organization has filed, you refer to actual studies, comparisons of school districts that have been masked and unmasked, and there's been no discernible difference in um, COVID so-called cases cases or hospitalizations, which are almost non-existent among this very young age group. But, But anyway, virtually no difference between the masked and the unmasked school districts. And boy, you, you don't find that on the evening news. I no, and, the, and like the, right. the death rate for children from COVID is 0.00002%. I mean, that's that's one in a million or it effectively literally, zero. It, it literally you know? is one in so, a million. Yep. Yeah. So what about this? Well, go ahead. Did you oh, have I was else? just going to say, yeah, you would think that that's all it takes is, is just the that correlation of, a school that is masking versus a school that's not masking if there's not really a difference in transmission. And uh, that should be enough, but it's not because the narrative keeps getting skewed and uh, these fear tactics are being used. I was just in an interview yesterday where they were bringing up the the cases rising and 
you know, we don't need to just be looking at the cases or even hospitalizations. It's it's sad, but we do need to talk about the the death rate. And but the good part of that is that the death rate is extremely extremely low. Well, for, and and um, the, and yes. talk about the case rate. The PCR test. It, I looked at the package insert, and I said this at the county supervisors meeting because that's a nurse's job to look at package inserts. Yeah, uh, it says right on there. This test cannot deter. De, uh, differentiate between COVID bacterial infections and other viruses. It says that right on there. It cannot differentiate. So the entire yeah. thing that this is built on cases is is false, and it it should be that should be a lawsuit for fraud because and fraud is a felony. Don't look. At, so, I don't look at. I look at. I look at hospitalizations and I look at deaths. I don't even look at cases because that's so. Just what you said. It's 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 just, a false test. It's a, and everything's it's just a, it's become so. unfortunately more of a propaganda tool than anything. But let's talk about the lawsuit now. I I'm very interested in this. Uh, it's a tell us who it's against, who the plaintiffs are, you know, more about it. Just. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let them breathe. Partnered with Reopen California Schools, we're both the the plaintiffs in this. And uh, we are suing doctors uh, Bardic, Gali, and Aragon. They're the decision makers in these California um, agencies. And then also Governor Newsom and CDPH. And the argument we're making is that these uh, restrictions, not just the, the masking, uh, but also close contact quarantines that uh, are causing over-quarantining and the asymptomatic testing, are arbitrary, they're unnecessary, they're not proven to be effective, and that they're keeping our kids from their state uh, constitutionally protected right to an effective in-person education. Uh, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah, and so you're saying that they're separ- they're violating the separation of powers <clears throat> Excuse me, by doing this. They're uh, extending the emergency powers way beyond necessary, according to California mm-hmm. Constitution. They're violating the Administrative Procedure Act. They're violating the education code that says children are entitled to a public education in person. And then the constitutional right to privacy. And I wanted to read this aloud to everybody. The right to refuse medical treatment is a constitutionally guaranteed right, which must not be abridged. This is from Bartling versus Superior Court. From 1984, and it is specifically guaranteed by the California Constitution, Article 1, uh, Section 1, Article 1, Section 1. That's a California Constitution, and it's been found to exist in the penumbra of rights guaranteed by the Fifth and Ninth Amendments of the United States Constitution. That was Griswold versus Connecticut. So that's right out of this lawsuit that we're talking about. Uh, so... Yeah, it's it's just amazing. It's crazy, but we still have we still have rights, even though there's a, a virus and a you know a, a public health concern. We do still have rights, and so that's what we are are pressing the issue on. I was part of the school reopening lawsuit that uh, established that that not only do our kids have a right to uh, an education, but they have a right to a quality in-person education because the the state's argument when I was part of that lawsuit was that, well, yeah, we, we know that distance learning is inferior, but the state was alleging that kids don't have a right to a good education 
they just have a right to some kind of education. It was absolutely laughable. I mean, that was literally their argument during the hearing. And the judge stopped her right there and said, well, no, I think they do have a, a right to a, a good education. And then she wrote a 10-page ruling outlining that. Oh, so, great. Uh, well, don't you think yeah, that this so has to do with, it has to do with selling more vaccines and, and more control, it seems to me. And I, I've come to believe that there's a, a medical industrial complex that is in lockstep with the government and they just want to have more control and people buying their products. People well, you do, you do have to follow, wow. follow the money to some degree. Yeah, some degree. Okay, it's time for a short break, but we're going to be back soon with Sharon McKeeman of Let Them Breathe. And her group is now, we find, well over 20,000 parents and concerned citizens that are just simply seeking to fully open our public schools and let our kids be free of unconstitutional medical mandates. Be right back. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis on K-Praise. We are back with Sharon McKeeman, leader of Let Them Breathe, a citizens and parents group advocating for our school children. So, Sharon, your organization's lawsuit refers to a number of COVID statistics directly from the California Department of Public Health. We're using their own sources, so to speak. For example, it's noted that in 2020, far more Californians died from heart disease and far more Californians died from cancer, for example, than died from COVID. But we seem to only, in the public health realm, only talk about COVID, don't we? So, but I wanted to ask you, as far as you're, you've been talking about some of the mechanics of your lawsuit, do you have any estimates uh, as far as timeline when you when you uh, might get a ruling, at least, and when this might go to trial, or any any kind of time frames around this thing? Well, we are we are very hopeful that we will have a hearing soon. I know that's the big question, and I, I hate every time that I have to answer and say no, we don't have a hearing yet. But in the grand scheme of the legal system, it is still moving extremely quickly um, because we are asking for an emergency injunction uh, because our our kids are really, you know, in a difficult position with these mask mandates, the the over-quarantining and the asymptomatic testing. So, uh, you know, as soon as we know, we will let everybody know and and, uh, we're just really hopeful and confident that we will receive a favorable ruling in that hearing. Excellent. Well, and I see that one of the things that you're asking for in your relief is a declaration that the July 21 guidance related to mandatory masking, quarantines, and COVID-19 testing is invalid and unlawful to the extent the defendants treat it as mandatory for all students in school. So that would be amazing, you know, if... Yeah, basically, we're asking we're asking the judge to to grant a temporary restraining order so that the state can't enforce these mandates, and uh, uh, it would it would effectively end the the mask mandate for all K through twelve students in California, and, oh, and that's wow. why we structured it the way that we did. We didn't want to just affect 
you know, one school or even a county. We wanted to affect the entire state. And again, it's about choice. So a, a student could still wear a mask to school if they wanted to or needed to. It's it's not taking away a student's ability to be able to mask. It's right. just allowing all students to have that choice. Well, now you're needing to fund this lawsuit and tell us what <laughs> you, we can do to help you fundraise or defray your yeah, costs. Yeah, how are how are you just, supporting the funding of this lawsuit? Also. Well, so we are, are very thankful for everyone's generosity. We, on our website, our website is letthembreathe.net. And uh, if you go to the main page there, there's a gavel on top of a mask. And if you click there, it, you can read the lawsuit. And there's also a link to our GoFundMe. And we have raised a substantial amount. However, we need to continue to raise funds because we know that even if we have a favorable ruling, it might be challenged. Uh, and if we don't have a favorable ruling, we'll need to appeal this all the way through the California court system, uh, possibly, up, possibly up to the federal court system. So while we are very confident and hopeful about uh, receiving a, a favorable ruling from you know, the judge that we've been assigned here shortly, we also are preparing for a longer uh, legal battle in case that is needed. And so anyone... Any amount that anyone can give is is helpful. Five dollars, fifty dollars, five hundred dollars more. You know, whatever they can give is is really important. And this is it's going to come down to this legal battle. That's what it's going to come down to for our kids. It's it's great when people are advocating at school board meetings uh, and and things like that. But it is going to come down to this legal battle. So uh, their support is really important. And uh, if if someone can't give, if they can just share that GoFundMe, mm-hmm. that is also really important. And another thing is we do have t-shirts and signs for sale on our site, and those also help our advocacy efforts. Uh, so so again. Th- when you go to our website, you can find that on the main page. And then up at the top, there's also a link that says lawsuit. And you can read the complaint there and also uh, find the link to our GoFundMe there as well. And I found it very interesting to read the whole lawsuit. I just hope that many people out there sign up, get the updates, listen to what the latest developments are. And because we know that lawsuits often you know, it depends on public opinion and the groundswell that that also goes along with it as That's to whether true. it exceeds. So, uh, yeah. More people get get it educated, the better. Yeah, yeah, that's really (laughs) important that you brought that up because I think people don't necessarily realize that, that all of our advocacy at at school board meetings and uh, in the media and all of that, it's very important because the judge isn't just looking at this in a vacuum. Uh, The judge is looking at what the the court of public opinion is saying also. Um, And also in the meantime, there's another section on our website uh, that's called Student Rights. Uh, it's up at the top. And it is a letter from our attorneys that basically outlines while we're waiting for this lawsuit to be determined, uh, what students' rights are and what schools can and cannot do when it comes to enforcing of masking. So their four main points are that a student can't be forcibly removed from campus that they can't be separated from their in-person education. Um, They can't be forced to move to distance learning without consent. And that medical exemptions have to be honored. 
And so this is a five-page legal document that has citations from the California Education Code and the state constitution. And in the meantime, if any parents are having difficulty with schools not honoring their child's rights, they can read this letter to get educated, and then they can also send it to uh, their school or their school district and, and this is kind of in response to CDPH has been putting out threatening correspondence, uh, threatening schools if they don't enforce. And, and so the flip side is uh, that, that schools have liability if they enforce in a way that's unlawful. Uh, so that, that hopefully will also be something that is helpful in the meantime while we wait for this ruling. It sounds like it really would be. Well, and going along with the public opinion, what about the recall? I mean, I, wanna, I was I was going to ask about that, but I want to I want to I want to quickly remind folks September fourteenth because we've emphasized this on our show. September fourteenth is the last day to vote, folks. So everyone, vote yes to recall what we consider to be many consider to be the worst governor in California history. <laughs> And any one of the other candidates would be better. The important thing is to vote yes on the top side. There's Larry Elder. There's Kevin Kiley. There's a number of great candidates. Uh, a question for you, uh, Sharon. This is maybe a little off script, but do you think the recall, let's say we pray that we get a new governor, would that make our task easier uh, in terms of getting the mass off the kids, do you think? Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends which governor, but, uh, you know, the majority, I think, of the candidates that are running, I have heard them state things such as that they would end the emergency order, uh, that they would would not allow mandates to continue. So I think there are quite a few... candidates that if they were elected, they would they would plan to end the emergency order. And the emergency order is what gives any of this teeth. Once it's gone, uh, CDPH can't just run around uh, telling everybody what to do all of the time. Right. So, uh, and let them breathe as a nonprofit. So we are not actively working towards the, the recall, but I, it is important, I think, for our members to understand that the reason uh, these mass mandates can be in place is because uh, Governor Newsom still has this emergency order in place, even though it was supposed to be ended at the soonest possible uh, time that it could be ended. And, and we know, obviously, this is a difficult time for our country, but we can't just be in a state of emergency long term. And, and I think that what we're seeing now with what's happening, not just across our country, but in other countries right now, is that we really can't trust our government to care about people's safety or to make wise decisions. If anyone thought this was about safety, I think what's happened in Afghanistan uh, should, should prove that either our government just doesn't care about people's safety or they only care about you know, certain cultures or certain, certain colors, certain you know, people's yeah. safety. Yeah. They, most, yeah. Exactly. they mostly so. care about their own safety. We just, we're coming up to the end now and I wanted to reserve a couple minutes, Sharon. We want to, uh, Kathleen and I want to reserve the experience the other day at the San Diego County Board of Supervisors meeting, but thank you so much for thank taking, you. we know your time is very limited <laughs> these days. And so thanks so much for taking the time out. God bless, and we support you in your efforts. Yes, and we so, encourage right, everybody to sign up for your updates. Let them breathe. Yes. And your radio show. You have a radio yep, show on, on KPRZ. KPRZ. Yes, we'll Hold have fast, you on there soon. Stay True <laughs> is the name of it. Yes. Hold fast, stay true, and that's a good model for life. 
So, yes. so Kathleen, I was <laughs> now. So I'm going to just take a quick minute. Bye, and, Sharon. Thanks for coming. Yeah, <laughs> bye, Sharon. Yeah. I want to take a quick minute and say I was very proud of my wife and co-host here, Kathleen, who went down to the County Board of Supervisors Administration Building this last Tuesday morning. She left the house before 7 a.m. She was there by 8 a.m. She was there. She got home, folks, at 1 a.m. So how many hours is that? I think that's about 17 hours later. She and hundreds and hundreds of others. 350. 350 speakers, two minutes each, had to wait till the last agenda item because our noted uh, chairman of the Board of Supervisors, Nathan Fletcher, knew that these people were coming to speak out, as they had two weeks earlier. So this time he put it at the very end of the day, but required them to be there at 8 a.m. continuously with no food, while he was, by the way, munching snacks during the day. But that's another thing. So, Kathleen, what what did you think? You were there. What did you think? Well, I could talk a long time about it, but it was very heartening to hear the stories that people told, even in the two, two minutes that they had, of vaccine injuries, of harm that has done been done to them, and I hear patriots tell how how their family members have fought for the freedom of speech that Nathan Fletcher is trying to take away through this agenda item on on the county and the other two. Board. It's a it's a three so to two three to I two was, majority. I yes, I was very heartened by all the people that stayed there and spoke, and and even testified of Christ. Some of them so. Uh, and there were nurses, yes, there nurses, were doctors, doctors, there were teachers, there were military, there were retired military. So go online and and listen to some of the speeches. It, You'll be very inspired. It, it was but, really inspired. But they voted against freedom of speech anyway. Three to two. That was the, the really difficult part. So folks, to bless your neighbor this week, again, sign up to get the updates from Let Them Breathe. What a great organization. Go to their website. Consider making a tax-free donation. And let's stick together in this fight. Till next week, folks. Bye-bye. Love you. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen. Let's roll on K-Praise.